Well, good morning. It's that time in our service now where we're going to share from, from God's Word. And um, I would ask that you turn to Psalm 23 in your Bibles or on your devices. And let's talk some today about this very famous and often read Psalm 23. I've done a lot of reading and reflecting and listening to messages on this psalm. Um, as it's one we're all familiar with, but um, I learned a whole lot of new things about it in these last few months, actually. When David wrote Psalm 23, we don't know the exact time that he wrote it, but he was reflecting some on Israel's experience as a nation of suffering, which in some ways we can relate to today. And he was developing this picture of God's people as sheep in need of a loving shepherd. And that's some of what we're going to talk about today. Um, I'm not much of a farmer, so I don't know very much about animals and care for them. Um, I did learn, like I said, a whole bunch about it as I went through this, so some of this may not be new to you, but it was new and um, somewhat fascinating to me. And also, um, I loved the connection between sheep and their shepherd and Jesus and us. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Psalm 23, uh, most of the time we hear it, it's read at what? Funerals, that's right. We often hear it there. And that's, that's perfect, because primarily the focus is on verse 4, where David talks about the shepherd guiding him through the valley of the shadow of death. And there's something comforting and I might add very accurate about that imagery of Jesus walking right alongside us in that season of life when someone we love is in their last days, or maybe even we've been given that news that our days would be short. But sometimes, too, that darkness is even the hard places we live in, chronic illnesses, broken relationships, financial hardship, and that list could go on. But there's a whole lot more meaning packed into these verses of this psalm than just this one verse. Let's start by the obvious. He truly is our good shepherd. Our truest rest in this life, in this earth, is found in the good shepherd described here in this. Let's talk about David some, the writer as we know from a lot of the Old Testament readings, he experienced some serious highs and some serious lows in his life. Killing Goliath as a young boy was one of those big highs. He was made king at a very young age, and he had some successes in that role. But as things moved along in 1 Samuel, in many ways, things quickly fell apart. Saul became jealous of David's successes, repeatedly trying to kill him, and eventually David flees to the wilderness. He goes from wilderness to cave to wilderness in different places. While he was out there, warriors come to him, and they're described as people who were in distress, who were bitter and in debt. It was those times of running from Saul, of hiding from Saul, and of fighting, and of raiding. And just when you think it can't get worse, late in 1 Samuel, David and his men have been fighting, and they're coming back to find that the Amalekites have torched their city and taken captive of all their families. Just when you think it couldn't get any worse, David's men then start to turn on him because they're mad because of all these losses. 
In another season in his life, he lost a child at birth and had a son turn against him. So David, who writes these words, got it. He understood not the joys, just the joys, but the challenges of this life. He was in some pretty desperate places at times. So one of the questions for us today that we need to ask ourselves, though, is who or what is it that actually shepherds us when we walk through times like David did? Because we all do walk through those times. Though Jesus is not specifically mentioned in Psalm 23, we see a connection in John 10 as Jesus references himself as the good shepherd and that his sheep listen to his voice and that he knows us and that we follow him. But even as we start to reflect on this psalm, we have to answer that question. What voice or voices do we really listen to? Is it our inner compulsions that drive us in the day-to-day of life? Is it the culture that we're living in that we let lead us through their constant messages? I read a quote this week that said, a church's worship habits may occupy two hours of a Christian's week, but podcasts, radio shows, cable news, social media, streaming entertainment, and other forms of media account for upwards of 90 hours of their week. Yes, 90 hours. So what are we being shepherded by? It could be these things we just mentioned, but it could also be a boss or a neighbor or someone we see has achieved worldly success. Sometimes we lean into that shepherding in subtle ways. But one thing is for sure, David knew with great certainty that the Lord was his shepherd in the good times and in the bad times. And it's a question we have to answer for ourselves. Is Jesus our good shepherd? David went on to say he would not want, he fully recognized that Jesus, his true shepherd, was going to be enough. There's no success or financial achievement or hobby or vacation that's going to bring us to that place of enough. Recently, I read a book that Barb Calhoun had recommended by Philip Keller, and I'll share a lot of his teachings in this message today, but Philip Keller wrote in great detail about this psalm from the perspective of a shepherd, because he himself was a shepherd and led flocks through his whole life in all parts of the world, including Africa. So he really understood in an experiential way the life of a shepherd. Clearly, he was able to make that connection to Jesus, our shepherd. And I felt like God used this book to teach me a lot of new truths. So talking about sheep, it's important to know that the quality of the life of a sheep is determined by the one who owns and cares for them and oversees their safety in the day-to-day of it. The quality of our lives is determined by how much we let Jesus shepherd our hearts and our minds. Sheep are considered the most labor-intensive livestock. I didn't know that. They're not simple animals. As we move along, we'll see they require real meticulous and incessant care They need adequate shelter, adequate minerals and salt, but not too much, grain, but not too much. They need to be sheared regularly, but not when they're wet. They're easily frightened by dogs or other predators. If one sheep in the whole flock 
even senses danger and picks up on that and runs. All the other sheep are quick to follow. And suddenly a whole flock is running, even if they don't know what they're running from. Sheep are just not simple animals. I don't know if you know this, but human beings are not simple creatures either. The author points out that as humans, in some ways, we are very similar to sheep and that we can have these kind of mob instincts following the crowd. We have a deep sense of fear and timidity at times and can be stubborn at times and exercise less than stellar judgment in key life moments. But in spite of those many foibles and our great infallibility, the good shepherd calls us his. Scripture tells us he knows us by name and is always working on our behalf to guide us and care for us, even when we can clearly see the exercise of our self-will and self-focused lifestyles. The green pastures and still waters that David references are plural. This tells us this is ongoing. We just don't make it to a green pasture in life once. It has to be habitual, a regular practice. And we need that inner stillness on a regular basis as well. Where do you find that inner stillness in your life? The many voices in our head that tell us all the time, there's more to be done, you have to finish this, you have to call this person, you have to do one more thing for your community, you'll never make it, your finances are a mess, how will I ever get this all done, and on and on and on. But right here, God's invitation to us is to rest in what he offers us. Again, in John 10, Jesus tells us that we must go through him to find that space of calm and wholeness. True rest will never be found in the upcoming vacation or the latest Netflix series or wealth or really any form of recreation. Just through Jesus, our one true and good shepherd. When we go to him, there's a newness that happens in our souls, a rebirth of sorts that help us, helps us be well and that helps us to center ourselves on God and to be in right relationship with people. When we're not in those right relationships with people, is it not true that that peace is missing? It's absent. And when we rest with Jesus in this space, we can better let go of those condemning and driving voices in our heads and those many fearful, anxious thoughts and if we ever lived in a time where there's good cause for fearful, anxious thoughts, it's certainly right now in 2020. Much like us, sheep need that space to truly rest and satisfy their hunger, we're much the same. We need those spaces where we are not disturbed by the troubles of this life. When we choose to lean into Christ, our shepherd, he brings us to those places where his presence can cause those fears and places of anxiety to be dispelled. Now back to the sheep. When they get thirsty, they get restless. And then they'll drink water from anywhere. And that often creates a problem because those puddles they find are often infested with bacteria and parasites. When we get restless, we often turn to the things of this world to satisfy us and end up in less than healthy situations. St. Augustine says that our restless souls keep searching until we find our rest in him. He restores my soul. The word picture for this next verse 
of restoring our soul is so graphic and so perfect. It gives us a real sense of what happens to sheep when they lay down and become complacent and somehow end up on their back, which probably, maybe some of you know, this is called a cast position. When they roll into this posture, they're on their back and they can't get themselves up. So they lay there with flailing legs, like that's their method of help, get me out of this position. And of course, when they're like that, they're subject to the prey of wolves and dogs because they can't defend themselves. So when a good shepherd sees that they're in trouble, which calls for a shepherd to be watching them all the time to catch them in this spot, he runs to them and puts them slowly back in an upright position and even rubs their legs till the circulation returns. A sheep left in themselves in this posture for too long will die. They literally will die because of the lack of oxygen to their brain. And the slipping into the cast posture can happen to the healthiest of sheep. Every minute counts in those scenarios. So in essence, the shepherd restores life to the sheep when he rescues them from this helpless posture. In, in our Christian journeys, people often think when they mess up that God becomes angry or disappointed with them. But as we come to read and accept that God's our good shepherd, we see that he has as much concern for us as the shepherd does for his sheep in the field that get themselves into this mess. Sometimes when we get complacent with our faith, complacent in our Christian disciplines, it's easy to get into situations, into relationships, even into places of character compromise. And before we know it, we're in this upside-down mess and have no idea how to get out of it. But just like I tell our friends at the recovery center, God's not looking down with an angry pointed finger, but rather running to our aid when we call to him, running to the sheep that is in trouble, much like the father of the prodigal son does in Luke 15. He's quick to show us a better way and help us as we seek to clean up the mess we made and confess our need of him. Like the sheep who laid down for too long and slipped upside down while trying to change position. Well, when we get too comfortable in our Christian life and think we'll never fall, that'll never happen to me. That's when scripture tells us it's likely to happen. If we're not guarding our hearts and minds with God's word and regular fellowship with other believers, it's just so easy to slip and end up with a mindset or behaviors that at one time we clearly knew were not consistent with a godly life, and then we're in a place we find it difficult to get out of. But if you do, or if that's where you are right now, picture in your mind the shepherd running to the sheep to see him, set him upright, and get him back on track even rubbing his legs so he can walk again and be free. Remember, that's the same freedom that Jesus wants for us. He's always about setting us free from our affections on the things of this world, those, those things that we end up ordering our lives around, but maybe are not what's God's best for us. So the restoration, though the restoration process is long and painful at times, much like the parenting we do of our children out of love and care for them, God is always calling us to himself so he can restore our souls from the pains of this life, the regrets of our past, and the hardships we all face. I encourage you today, let him reach out and touch those deep places in your soul. And remember, the path of righteousness he leads us on to is not something that we white-knuckle ourselves to. We can never be good enough on our own. 
or through our regimented religion. Christianity is about what's happening on the inside. Jesus, our good shepherd, is all about transforming us from the inside out. We submit, and he does the interior work. That's what solidly plants our feet on the path of righteousness. And it's a message to the world about what a good shepherd we have. So now we arrive at the most well-known verse in this psalm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David lived in this place at times. Sometimes it was physical death of those in his life that he experienced, and sometimes very painful experiences that he was all too familiar with. You see, through the dozens of psalms that David authored, he often was crying out to God, where are you, God? How long, O Lord? We can manage these dark valleys because Jesus is right there with us in them. Those other things we often adhere to instead of the one true shepherd seem to vanish in these dark valleys. The shepherd of wealth, the shepherd of leisure, the shepherd of control, they somehow vanish in those times. Our shepherd simply promises to be with us and bring us comfort. We'll all face these times, whether it's our own hardship or that of someone we love. These pains will come. The rod reference in these verses was a tool of defense for the sheep, and the shepherd would use it to ward off the enemies, and the staff was a guiding tool to help the sheep navigate the rougher terrain. Jesus never leaves us alone in those spaces. Just like the shepherd was right by, is right nearby to defend and guide their flocks, Jesus is calling to us in those dark places. But again, we have to be careful what we turn to for comfort. This next verse, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I, I never fully understood what that passage referred to. But again, from Keller's shepherd's perspective, he talks about a table in the journey of the sheep. In the spring months, in the good weather months, they travel upward where there's fresher and greener grass through those months. And they arrive at these places that are basically plateaus. And often the word mesa, which is the Spanish word for tables, was used, which is where that comes from. But towards the end of the winter, good diligent shepherds would go out to these mesas or tables further up in the mountains, and they would scope them out for poisonous flowers and weeds because some of them are so toxic that just a little nibbling by the sheep would actually kill them. And then while they're up, they would sprinkle salt and minerals for the benefit of the sheep when they were coming up with them later in the season. But this was tremendous work for the shepherd, but it's what they had to do to ensure the safety and health of their flocks. In much the same way, our good shepherd is preparing the way before us. In the last few weeks, I've been pondering this verse from Deuteronomy 31.8 that reminds us that God goes before us. It reads, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. In my own reflections and prayer during these months of late, I've been reminded by the Spirit that the Spirit of God has not been caught off guard by any of what's happening around us right now as it relates to world events, politics, the pandemic. He's 
also not caught off guard by the troubles of our lives. He is interceding for us that we will not succumb to temptation or give in to despair, that we'll not be afraid no matter what dangers or troubles we may face. He goes ahead of us and is preparing the way the same way the shepherds that cared well for their sheep would go ahead of the sheep, and literally they would be on their hands and knees pulling out these plants and these poisonous flowers. These higher planes that the good shepherd brings their sheep to is the same higher places that our good shepherd wants us to live above the daily annoyances and pains of the struggles of this life here on earth. He wants us to live in a place of daily contentment and peace with a sense of quiet assurance that God has got this. And we can do this because we know that God has gone before us. David then prays in the same verse for an anointing of his head with oil. The same season that provides the lush fields and the streams of fresh grass and flowing water for the sheep also is a season where tons of insects move in. I know it's true because where I live in towns and that same ton of bugs moves in every spring and it seems every year Joe and I discover a new breed of insects or plague of insects. For sheep, though, if they're not properly tended to by the shepherd, they can be miserable in this season. And Keller lists off these different flies I've never heard of that the sheep can be infected by bot flies and warble flies and heel flies and nasal flies, and the list just goes on and on. These pests will cause the sheep to like pace back and forth in the field all day long, literally until they drop from exhaustion just to find relief from the pests. Even at times they'll be found banging their head against a tree trunk or a fence post, just to find some reprieve. And the commotion this racing causes impacts the whole flock. But the diligent shepherd gives careful attention to his sheep, and one of the best antidotes is this homemade red remedy of linseed oil and sulfur and tar, and it gets smeared over the forehead of the sheep and his nose providing that needed protection to keep the flies away. And when this happens, as soon as the shepherd anoints the head of the sheep with this oil, so to speak, it changes the sheep's behavior almost immediately. The irritability ceases, and the sheep is able to graze again, even lay down in peace. Keller points out, and this book was written decades ago, so before social media was even so prevalent, that our minds are shaped by the people we're around and what we feed it on, TV, commercials, lyrics to songs, news feeds, and these things infect our minds, and boy, it impacts how we do life in the day-to-day of it. I tell my friends at the recovery center that all we do, all of our actions, are first born in our minds. The seed of thought is where it begins, and depending on what we feed our mind on, regular basis will determine which seeds will germinate and grow. And so it calls us to be regularly examining the fruit in our lives. So what are those things that are irritants to you that you need God's anointing for? So my encouragement is to pray daily something like this. God, anoint my head with oil so that I can walk in step with the Spirit. God, anoint my head with oil so that the struggle with this difficult neighbor does not disturb my peace. God, anoint my head with oil this morning so I don't let that coworker get to me. 
God, will you anoint my head with oil as I have this hard conversation with a family member? Will you bring relief, God, through your anointing as my mind is so troubled? God, I reach out to you for this anointing this day that I may be strong and courageous in the face of this diagnosis. God, I need your anointing as I make these hard decisions. What does that prayer look like for you? Fill in the blank. Let's not forget that when we don't have that anointing, we can be much like the sheep with the flies and the pests that are incessantly exasperated and running, though we're not running across a grassy pasture for relief. We do reach for other things that are not always God's best for us to bring relief. As we noted earlier, it may be some form of addiction. It may be a schedule so packed with busyness that has no end. It may be relationships that aren't best for us, and at times we might even find ourselves in a manner of speaking, banging our heads against a wall, trying to find relief. Let God bring that anointing so that we can live and act and think like he does. So as we conclude, let me encourage you to walk in step with his spirit remembering that goodness and mercy will follow us as we lean into the one true good shepherd. That goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Keller describes it as almost like chasing us down, nipping at our heels. Goodness and mercy follows us even when we blow it, even when we fall apart, even when we listen to the wrong voices. But as we choose to listen well, to the wooing of our good shepherd, we will receive that gift of dwelling in his presence. So spend some time this week, let me encourage you to spend some time reflecting on our thoughts around Psalm 23 and the good news of our one true shepherd. Would you receive the benediction this morning? Remember, just as God led the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery and walked beside them and faithfully provided all they needed, he still does that for us today. So in these times, if you're feeling weak or aimless, undisciplined or vulnerable, or just plain tired, Let God be your shepherd. He will be all you need. This is God's word for today. Amen.